Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Access Hockey MIR podcast, in case you didn't catch that <laughs> from all the things you clicked to get here. <laughs> you can't um, see it. So, if you are unaware, or somehow you've been under a rock, and you're <laughs> a hockey fan, and you didn't know the season started. Or a boulder. Or a boulder. Oh, <laughs> oh you'll get it later. We're getting there. <laughs> You would have not known that the season started, but this season, the NHL season has started, and it's in full swing, and soon the AHL season will be in full swing as well. Um, so Rachel and I, for the first time, did an NHL fantasy draft. So I'm super nervous. Too seriously. That's me. <laughs> I take it too seriously. But while we were doing this draft, while we were researching players, you know, who you want on your team, we noticed the Colorado Avalanche. And how many people on their team were suggested in, like, recent NHL studies that they do before anybody does a fantasy draft. people who make a living off of fantasy draft. How cool is it, though, to make a living off of looking at stats? That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. But, so we were looking at this. So many Colorado names come up. So Rachel and I wanted to do a podcast and look at these names and why they keep coming up. So... Just super quick, because you know I like the history. <laughs> Colorado Avalanche. You gotta know where they came from. <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche were part of the WHL, um, and at that point they were the Quebec Nordiques. That was in like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. In 1995, they were officially the Colorado Avalanche of the NHL. I love expansions. Yeah, and since then they've won two Stanley Cup final championships. So they've won the Stanley Cup twice in 1996 and in 2001. They've beaten the Florida Panthers and the New Jersey Devils, so that's pretty cool. They do have two titles, which we have said in many other podcasts. Some teams don't have that's any, true. you know, Some and they really, don't. really good teams. Yeah, so that's two conference championships, two Presidents trophies, nine division championships. Of course, a rival of the Red Wings. We won't get into that because that'd be like ten minute. <laughs> yeah, I told him not just to. alone. <laughs> so they have recently. So then they went through a pretty big drought where they weren't mm-hmm. getting in the playoffs. They weren't doing much of anything. They had this rebuild time, which teams yes. always have. And they're always painful and they suck. Yeah. And then, so then 17, 18 and 18, 19, they've been in the playoffs the last mm-hmm. two years. Last year, the last two seasons, last season, they got to the second round. They were defeated by the Sharks. So that's just kind of a super quick synopsis of the Avalanche and their history. If you are an, a longtime fan You'd know names like Ray Bork, Peter Forsberg, Yari Curry, Paul Correa, Patrick Waugh. Peter Budai. Joe Sackick, mm-hmm. Timo Solani. Huge names. I mean, this team has its fair share of, and those are all Hall of Famers, by yeah. the way. So this team has a very deep history of success and of players coming out of it mm-hmm. who are very good. So you talk about that and you talk about kind of like the current roster, which we have a lot of names that we think of now. Of course, Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale Maker, who's, I, th- I think that's how you say it, Kale Maker. He's named after McCaw? a vegetable, you can't be picky. Kale McCarr? Maker? Like McCaw? Like a bird? He's great, regardless of how you say his name. <laughs> and this is just his first season officially in the NHL, because last year he started, but he was, he, he was played just, in, just the in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, which he still got six points in ten games, mm-hmm. Like, and he's a defenseman. So you can already see in his college career, and this mm-hmm. it shows why he was taken so fast. I'll uh, ranting in about that later. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I love it. I just thought of that. I'm a genius. So Kale McCarr, maker, he was drafted in 2017. He's just now getting a chance, and I love it when first-rounders get a chance right away and they prove themselves right away. Because we think, don't know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that he has a really great opportunity this year 
to make a good impression oh, as yeah. a defenseman, and I think he's going to get a lot of time to make that impression, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to see where he goes. Um, did you want to talk about any of these guys, or do you want me to just keep flowing? Well, you, you flow you flow well. I, I just have a handful, because I had, I'd Kale was kind of on my list, but for different reasons. Yeah, so basically what we're going to do, I'm going to keep talking a little <laughs> bit more about the current <laughs> roster, and then Rachel's going to dive into her favorite, which is looking at the prospect pool, Love looking it. at their drafting history. Um, so I mentioned the name Gabriel Landeskog. He's been a captain since 2012. I mean, <laughs> he's been in it for a long time, and at that point he was like 19 yeah. or 20. So he's been in it, and right now he's 26. And so he came out of the OHL. Since then, he's had 50-plus point seasons. His highest was last season at 75 points in 72 games. It was really cool because they got to do the, um, oh, what is it, that NHL, NHL Global Series, too. Yeah. They got to go back to Sweden for him to play, and that's mm. where he's from. So he was acting as, like, the tour guide. So that was really cool for him after being with I the team for so like, long. I feel like, in a side note, I feel like um, European players or players who aren't from mm-hmm. America – when they go back to play in their countries, they have so much pride going back there. Oh, they like, do. Yeah. Look, you know, look at like Americans. Look yeah. at my country, or yeah. like, look at my. I think where for I him, for from. sure, it was because here's his teammates, these guys, he's that have been his family away from home for so long. He got to yeah. take them back, show them where he grew up skating and mm-hmm. play there. I can't recall if they won or not, but it, it's, it was cool just to go back to. His it's homeland. always so cool to see any of those mm-hmm. Euros or any of the. Um, not Americans go to play in their country. Yeah. I think that's Because they spend cool. so much time away from home. Yeah. And then, like I said, they were in the playoffs last year, so he had eight points in 12 games. So that was super good. Nathan McKinnon has been, I think, more talked about this season than I've remembered him talked about yeah. in previous seasons. Yep. He's huge in the fantasy draft area. I wanted him. <laughs> didn't get him. <laughs> he's been an alternate since 16-17. He's also had 50-plus point seasons, and his highest recorded we're in 17-18, and last mm-hmm. season, he's got 90-plus points in s- over 70 I games. I have a theory. I'll what? get to my theory, but I, okay. I, I have a theory. I'm doing a thinking finger for Well, if you look at his what he did in the playoffs, he did 13 points in 12 playoff games. So I'm going to hone this in after this player and tell you what I think of all this, because I know it's a lot of stats, but I love looking at the stats, and he's also a player. That was drafted. Anyways. So Miko Rantanen is correct me if I'm wrong. He was just recently signed to a yep, new deal. Sixth season. Yeah. So he he kind of waited. They waited on mm-hmm. him, but of course they signed him. He flip flopped between, um, oh I think either the OHL. I know he was in the AHL, and he flip flopped between San Antonio, which was their their old AHL their affiliate, former, yeah, one of their former, and affiliates. the Colorado Avalanche. And then he was a fixture in the roster in 17-18 and 18-19. Posting 80 plus points in 70 over 70 games. <laughs> the guy can score. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in 14 playoff points in 12 games in last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, what I noticed from at least those through the last three I mentioned so Landis Gog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, because those are the guys, oh, and those, those are, they all played in yeah. the playoffs. The takeaway from all of what I just said, and those are only some of the guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. The rest of the roster, there's so many names. Lots of free agency pickups, lots of just straggler guys that were not draft picks. Yeah, all. but altogether, so what I think the takeaway here is, is they have they all clicked, mm-hmm. and they're all beginning to produce, not only separately, but together. Yeah, that's which dangerous. Which is huge. That's dangerous. I mean, all these guys with so many points <laughs> and so many contributions in, mm-hmm. a, in a game and in a season... I think that that it's only a matter of time with all of who's on the roster and if they can just get their core, their nucleus mm-hmm. together, and you know with strong goaltending, I think that they're going to have pretty yeah. good success. And they, um, like I said, they've made it the last two years or two seasons 
in the Stanley Cup yeah. playoffs. So I think they're just kind of going up from there. I think so too. And I think a lot of it, and this is this is my theory. Yes. Um, oh, tell me. <laughs> I will tell you. Tell us all. So when they became an NHL team, so after the Nordiques and they became the Avalanche, they've gone through like four or five affiliates mm-hmm. for only a handful of seasons each, maybe two or three seasons each. So there was never consistency of development, of a program, mm-hmm. of a goal, of a timeline. A lot of teams now, like especially as these expansions go, they've already announced the new AHL affiliate of Seattle. Yeah, because so they see how important it, it is important. to start development. Exactly. So I think with Colorado, the reason they hit the drought so hard and they did... Or they see how important it is to have like somewhere to put players that you want to That's true. <laughs> for development mainly, I think, because obviously Vegas is benefiting from having an affiliate pretty much right off the bat. And, you know, of course, AHL teams suffered when they that expanded a little bit. That one's interesting, though, because it's Chicago Wolves. They're in Chicago. Their NHL affiliate is in yeah. Vegas. Like, can Lo- you like can you Location-wise, it doesn't make sense. Like, Theoretically. Quick, come play this game. <laughs> All right, see you in however see many in 12 hours. <laughs> but I think with them is that the reason they hit the drought so bad is because they weren't drafting well. Mm. They're, they're Out of the last six seasons, they've maybe had half a dozen of the guys actually make it higher than OHL and WHL. Mm. And after that, so you look at the... Doesn't that hurt? It, it sucks, we know. Seven first-round draft picks. We're, we're not going to We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Google it. Do it. <laughs> but, but I think a lot of it had to do because they had all these phenomenal draft picks and they had to stop at the OHL and WHL or BCHL. Yeah, because I mean the, the... Because they had nowhere proper to put I was going to say because the poor thing of it is you you just can't fit them all on a team right and so when they were they had even the cleveland monsters were an affiliate of theirs for a time and mm-hmm. then san antonio most recently before the colorado eagles so i mean you've got these teams that they're there for three seasons they're affiliates for three seasons that's barely enough time to get used to the programs barely enough time for the staff yeah, and to I actually will, put a plan i together. will say just for those listening the colorado eagles have just recently become an mm-hmm. ahl team they were an echl team so uh, that was also thanks I to the think, vegas expansion. i was just gonna say i think that also shows how much shift is going on mm-hmm. right now in all the leagues to accommodate for how many teams we now have in right. the nhl yeah which i mean it's gonna be 32 once seattle yeah. comes that's a lot of teams. That's, that's a lot of that's hockey. That's hockey going further and further. You longer know? schedules, much longer yeah. schedules. But like my, my whole point of it being is that during this whole time, they get these great picks, these European kids and all this kind of stuff. None of them, a lot of them never made it to mm-hmm. the AHL or the ECHL or the That could just be NHL. a lack of opportunity. A lack of opportunity. That's lack a of, lot of good ways Lack of players. development. Yeah, so you don't have a place to put these guys, and there's no consistency. So you're you're drafting all these players, and there's certain some, some drafts they only had four picks. Right. You know, so there's really not a whole lot you can do with that unless you get real lucky, and they weren't even high picks. Um, I think just recently, especially in the last three seasons, they've scored big. Yes. And <laughs> now that they have got an official affiliate in the Colorado Eagles that is going to stay there for good. It's a huge motivator for I'm them. I'm looking forward to see because this is the first year they mm-hmm. have them as their affiliate in the AHL. This is the first year the Colorado Eagles, right? The second season. Second season yeah, they the did Colorado last Eagles yep. have played. And I think they did well last year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm interested to see once, once it starts getting more comfortable for the players. Yeah. I think, and I mean, that's locational right. as well. You wouldn't works. think, Trev, a lot of people don't think about that when they think about their affiliates, mm-hmm. where 
there's not a lot of states. I want to say there's five states that have their affiliate or the five NHL teams that have their affiliate within the same state. Yeah. All the other ones are traveling from out of state. That takes a toll on a player. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't think about that when they get call-ups. Like, yeah. oh, why isn't he playing his A game? Well, he just flew six hours. Well, he probably just and... came off the plane. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like, and we had it in Grand Rapids where Fulch would drive from, or Fulcher would dr- drive from Toledo or Detroit, and he'd have to play that night or be ready to play. And or at least back up. Yeah, yeah, and they're exhausted. So I think that's going to be a huge deal. And with this season... In this last draft, they got Bowen Byram, which mm-hmm. was a huge deal, and I'll gush about him in a second. Yeah, um, Alex Newhook, who mm-hmm. was one that he was also drafted recently, but he not many people have been talking about him because Byram's kind of the big deal. Yeah, he was a big name. Um, of course, Kale got mm-hmm. him, and then another one that is an interesting one that no one's talking about is Sasha Mutala. Okay, he was drafted this season. He was later, 140th. Mm-hmm. He is tearing it up. Um, yeah, where's he at? He's in the tri- with the Tri-City Americans in the WHL. Okay. So right now, his last game, he was at four games. He had eight points already. Hmm. So <laughs> he's he's been described as a precision skater, mm-hmm. incredibly fast, wise beyond his years. I, and I think there's no better place for a player like that yeah. than the NHL. Well, at the, least working up yeah, to it, exactly. of course. Like, you cannot beat just straight-up competitive, oh, yeah. just good hockey. You That'll push you, you far. Beat it. Yeah. it will. And so with what they did... I mean, since they drafted uh, Maker, or McCarr, whatever. Kale Maker, Kale McCarr. <laughs> in 2017, Salad 17, 18, and 19 have all been really good draft years for them. Mm-hmm. So now that they've got a place to put them, they just, I mean, uh, McCarr came out of UMass, which is yeah. where, of course, Amherst, the Dell yeah. Geizos were, and he was the captain there. Yeah, so, for a season, but because that's just because he outgrew it. Yeah. You know, so. but, but he did a great job in that yeah, leadership role. And then the others are in their junior leagues right now. Bowen Byram, um, he had 71 points in 67 games last mm-hmm. season. Obviously, he can score. He's right now in three games, has five points already mm-hmm. um, in his WHL. Alex Newhook, um, he was the 16th overall this season. He's in the BCHL, um, or he's committed to Boston University, yeah. but he was in the BCHL last season, 102 points in 53 games. And, I mean, of course, points are great, and we say this yep. literally all the time, but we never want to be accused of thinking that points are all it is. Yeah. But points also do show It's the benchmark. Hockey no sense, intended. you know? Yeah. And I and I do think that all of these guys and the guys that I mentioned that are currently on their roster show an incredible amount of hockey maturity mm-hmm. and just you hear that from coaches around the league all the time. Like their favorite thing about a certain player it's a buzzword is how now. smart yeah. he is on ice. Like yep. you can't you can't get better than a guy who knows when to pass or when to, you know, shoot at the net. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is missed sometimes in the league, you yeah. know, where you wish they'd just take the shot, of course. But right. And I think oftentimes fans are so quick to make that judgment mm-hmm. call when it's not their call. Well, I've been in that position before, oh, for too, sure. where I'm like, why didn't you take the shot? Take the shot. And yeah, it's like, and well, it's like some of those players are just smart enough to know if there's a better shot right. if they wait a little They don't longer. want to risk the rebound. They know better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think as far as Colorado's development, and they even took uh, Colin Campbell, who was part yeah. of the Red Wings organization. He was with the Griffins for the last six or seven seasons. Yeah. He's on a professional tryout, so, and he's more of a power play kind of guy anyway. Yeah. But that's kind of what spurred it on, though, too, is like, wait a second. Because we is he found that out during training camp yeah. of the Red Wings. So we were looking, and we're like, oh, we don't see Campbell. So we looked it up, mm-hmm. come to find out. He's on a professional tryout with yep. Colorado. They so took our soupy. That was kind of a <laughs> kind of hit the heart <laughs> <laughs> with a few knives. Yeah, but I think. But then again, I mean, just a quick say, the Griffins, and this speaks to the transition. The Griffins mm-hmm. have so many people trying to fill those roster yes. spots that old contract holders such as Colin Campbell 
really are losing their place because right. we have so much They're coming kind of, up. And, and nothing against Soupy because no, obviously nothing. he's a phenomenal player and yes. we love him, but you're right. Those kind of contracts are wearing or weighing that team down. Or can weigh a team down. Just exactly. to generalize it, I think that a lot of the time where you get these career AHL players, and I yeah. love them all. They're they great. Have, they have their place. For sure. Field. The vets, they yeah. definitely do. And but then they're kind of at the disadvantage because they're, and I wonder how they feel come draft mm-hmm. time because they see all these guys like, well, yeah. he's going to take my spot or mm-hmm. he's going to take my spot. But that that's the nature of the transition. Yeah. That's the nature of, and maybe that's why mm-hmm. they're adding, they add so many teams or maybe. that they want to add And so I think many that's teams. a great thing for Colorado though, with the Eagles being, you know, transferring from ECHL to now being in the AHL. They already went through that transition last season. They seem to adapt pretty well, but now Colorado really has a fresh team and a fresh team just a fresh partnership to look yeah. at it and make it the way they want it from square one. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Colorado Eagles were really good in the ECHL. Fantastic. So yeah. I think that's another huge part of it. Yeah. Can you imagine the Toledo Walleye team. were made in the no. AHL team? Well, that's the thing, though, too. It's a lot of really mature, yeah. long-term players yeah. that they you know, they had to finagle and make room and move. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those players ended up dispersing to other ECHL teams because yeah. they had no place in the AHL at that time. So yeah. they've and got I mean, a very, very new scouts, team to work with. Scouts, GMs coaches they look at all these leagues Mm -hmm. like there's not one league that isn't touched I don't think by coaches and scouts Mm -hmm. and so that can be encouraging to all those players too and there's nothing wrong with playing with the ECHL or AHL I love those I love those leagues in the OHL I mean all these guys of course their goal is to be an NHL player Mm -hmm. so to get back to Colorado I think that that's just kind of what they've been able to make here and Mm -hmm. I think that they are going to be able to make a good Mm -hmm. team and I think these new young guys I think they have Colorado's at a point where they have a Stanley Cup playoff team yeah and I think if they fit these younger guys in there's a place for them to figure it out as they're going it's not going to be a deficit to put these young guys on the line so after they finish out these contracts they have with their junior teams think about the last couple of seasons that the Stanley Cup winner has come and it's been a new team the Completely last two blindsided seasons. Completely blindsided team too. It's not it's no longer a given that the Penguins are going to take mm-hmm. a cup and it's no longer a given clearly that the Red Wings <laughs> are going to take a cup or just the teams that you yeah. know have so many. The, di- the dynasty teams. Yeah the dynasty teams yeah. and that's what's I think encouraging too and I don't think any of the teams who aren't those dynasty teams are going well guess we're never going to win one. Oh, bummer. Colorado's great. <laughs> Wish I was drafted by someone else. No, they're not thinking that. They're mm-hmm. thinking, well, let's get this team to win a cup. Well, if you think about it, too, just like the Red Wings are trying, not forgetting, but they're moving away from the old model of what the team used to be because we got stuck on the, oh, we had 25 straight seasons of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the team that was, it's the same deal for Colorado. Mm-hmm. They were a very competitive team for many, many very. years, and then they go through all these transitions. GMs change, coaches change. They've always change. had... A core group of guys, though, mm-hmm. in those seasons, and I think it's true of most NHL teams, in the seasons they do the best, they have a core group of guys mm-hmm. who really get it. Yeah. Like, who really get it. They're just it. trying to bring everyone along and with them. And then they take, well, but then they take those guys under their wing, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine the experience that's just in these four guys that I And named. they're young, too. Yeah. They learned oh, the game. Oh, for sure. They learned the game very, very quickly. Landeskog, he's 26. I can't even imagine. What was McKinnon I doing when is I was 20, 26? McKinnon's 24. I certainly was not doing that at 24. So it's like these guys, according to hockey years, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of time left in them. They they're do. still kicking. and they're They could be, be a Yager and play right? almost 50. <laughs> oh, we all loved it when it came back. Don't lie. Oh. 
<laughs> Yager will never kind leave. Of, but it was great <laughs> still. Be playing at a nursing home somewhere in Russia. Right. <laughs> but I think you're right, though, too. That core group, and if these three guys, and I think that's probably why they took the risk and signed Rantanen for six seasons. That's mm. these You don't see long contracts. But when you've you said also, it before. Yeah, when you also see guys who just click and they're just mm-hmm. good, how do you break that yeah. up? Like well, I that think, too, when, when you look at these contracts that they sign, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh my goodness, six to eight years is so long. But if they buy into the team's plan and the team yeah. culture and what they want it to be, that means they want to be there long-term to see it through. Yeah, for so sure. So that's got to be encouraging for the Very competitive. It comes from just their competitive mm-hmm. get to itiveness mm-hmm. And I think that that... I don't think it'll be a bloodbath ever again like it was in the 90s with Colorado. Mm, we're, no. not gonna <laughs> we're, we're not going to rant. We're not going to rant. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> 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 it's only the second time. We've got at least six more times, and it's not going to be funny anymore. <laughs> but with with Colorado, where where do you see their biggest? Let's say this season, based on what we said, what would be a hang up for them? Something that would I just block their development. Always point to goaltending. <laughs> ah, I knew it. <laughs> and to be honest, I haven't looked too closely at uh, Grubauer, who is the main starter for the avalanche he's on my fantasy team i was gonna say i think i looked at him Mm -hmm. for my fantasy team and something didn't shake me right i'm pretty sure it's because last season he didn't do i accidentally saved it until like the (laughs) seventh round to get a goalie so (laughs) it's my bad sorry (laughs) it's nothing personal yeah nothing personal but yeah he definitely wasn't isn't like the top of the goalie list but of course we've seen it happen before where if you have a good team in front of you most anything can happen but it is just a huge comfort to a team if they know they can trust you last line of defense all that lovely Mm -hmm. cliche stuff (laughs) is so true and i hate to rag on goalies all the time but i just it's just the job they chose (sighs) it's like the refs (laughs) they we need them we don't like them but we need them (laughs) yeah right what about you what do you think their hang-up would be i would say the the hang-up would be um i typically instead of goaltending i tend to go towards the fan base because I think the fan base has a lot more play in a team than a lot of people think it does. Yeah, well, they're the so, first ones to yeah. boo you when you're losing. Exactly. You're the first and ones if the team, cheer. if your team, if you're the home team, you've gotten booed off the ice. You do not forget that. No, you let your whole fan base down, and that kills you. But yeah. I think for Colorado, what I mean by that is, is that though Colorado is a mature and stable team, it's been around for a while. The Eagles are not as their affiliate. Yeah. So that fan base is going to have to learn that the development process is a little bit different than what they may remember and what there was before. Be, yeah. So now they're going to be experiencing the development and the frustrations, and that's going to come out on these players and media is ruthless when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think they're going to have to, and I think they will, the, oh, young, yeah. the younger players, they, they've been trained to do this where they block it out. They focus, they get on the ice, they do their play job. Play their game. <laughs> they play their game. They're full 60 minutes, but mm-hmm. I think that and goaltending, but I always kind of default because that's what I hear. You know, when yeah. I'm up in the press box or out with a crowd and stuff, that gets at me, and I'm not even on the ice. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine what it does to the psyche of a, of a player. Yeah. Especially a young developing player. Yeah, for sure. Especially when they... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially when they already feel that way. And that's kind of what I always mm-hmm. go to. Like, guys, they already know. They feel like crap of about that. Of <laughs> course. They know they lost. It's their record. It's not yours, really. They've been doing this but much I longer do than think, you. <laughs> I do think, at least if, they're, if the fan is anything like us then they immediately just love everything about the team. Like, you know of course, <laughs> you know that there's stuff that needs to improve, and, right. and but you have to back it up. You, you have, have to, to get see behind the plan. it. Yeah, you got to see the plan just like the players do. Yep. I mean, 
they have to see it. They got to buy into it. They yep. have to do what they Not can. Not everyone to can be as good it. as fans as we are. Right. <laughs> that's our, that's the moral of the story here. But anyways, guys, I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about Colorado Avalanche. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Keep an eye um, on them. Keep and an eye on them. All of these guys that we've mentioned today, plus the rest of the roster, they all deserve a look. Of course, I mean, I just the more mm-hmm. we do this, the more I love yeah. hockey. Which well, is and keep an eye on their AHL because it's going to be yeah. second season. It's going to be a big season for them. Yeah. To to really figure out and get their footing. Yeah, and also um, make sure you look us up on YouTube, Access Hockey MI. We post videos every week. Um, it's usually Red Wings related or Griffins related or Toledo related, just because it's more of a. It's more toward that on that channel. We're in West Michigan, so. <laughs> this podcast is definitely more every other, yeah. you know, all the other teams. But it's kind of our conversations so over coffee at night. If Yeah, if you could just look us up anywhere, share this with whoever you think might want to listen to it. Um, we just really appreciate you listening at all, and we'll talk to you next week.